Hi guys, I'm Dominic Bose and uh, this is Dragonheart. Uh, hello, I'm Mark Famora Griffiths and with me is Neil Pichichi Williams. I thought I'd go for the older Spanish uh, words. Flattering, Neil. It's flattering, honest. <laughs> I hope so, Mark. Yeah, Pichichi is the award they give in Spain for the top scorer. Oh, right, okay. So there you go. At least it's I, not El Porco like normal. No, I, I called you El Porco, which you felt was so insulting, although it is referencing your porcine farming skills rather than okay. your figure, which is anything but porky. <laughs> I mean, in that regard, there's only one El Porco around here, isn't there? Let's be honest. <laughs> I am El Gordo, the fat. And I'm not going to have anyone disagree with me on that. I, I, I'm undisputed champion in that realm. <laughs> but um, regardless of uh, my physical prowess, it's got to be said, how about this for a smooth segue? This has been a brilliant week for Exum. Looking good. Looking good. I mean, the win on Saturday, and then Notts County lose at home unexpectedly, and then we win again on Tuesday. I mean... Uh, well, first things first, it, I mean, th things just couldn't go any better, could they? No, I mean, we had a tough game on Saturday, didn't we, um, against Scunthorpe? And, uh, Dorking. We were come. sorry? Dorking. Dorking, sorry, yes. It was Scunthorpe <laughs> the following Tuesday, wasn't it? Dorking. Yeah. And we, to me, they didn't even look like getting out of second gear, to be honest. Um, saving the reserve, started with a, a different lineup to normal, which is great, resting a few players and... We were comfortable. Three good goals. Um, and then let a, a scrappy goal in for them to, to get a, a goal back. Um, more than happy with Saturday. Again, Tuesday. You know, big, big game against Chesterfield. Nervous game. Nervous I've been all season. And to be fair, the lads turned on a show. Worked hard. Um, every player put in a shift. Came away with the result. Two... Again, conceded a very, very late goal, which I'm sure they're all a bit disappointed about. But um, on the whole, you couldn't ask for any more, anything more. You know, three home games, three wins, counted losing on Saturday, which was totally out of the blue, considering they took the lead. And Mark were top of the league with a game in hand. Yeah, it's not bad, is it? And Notts County have a tough game on Saturday at Bromley, although, to be fair, Maidenhead tends to take results off us. And then a week on Tuesday, we go to Dagenham. Let's not forget, we lost 3-0 the last two times we've been there, and they the team we've beaten Notts County. So I just feel like if we can, if we can get through this period to next Tuesday, yeah, it, you know, then then we will put ourselves in a you know if we can win both those games certainly with the possibility oh. of County dropping points, we'll be in a hell of a position. Yeah, because we've got South End at home then on the Saturday, and mm. and then it goes back to a you know one game a week rather than the yeah you know we played what three games in. Ten days, yeah, three eight uh, days, isn't it? Eight days. So it's it's. And we've been doing that. Tough on the, it is physically tough on the players, isn't it? So, uh, but you know, every team's in the same boat. Yeah, as you say, if we can get through those two games, Maidenhead away and Dagenham away, both again will be tough games. But Maidenhead beat Dagenham last night with it three one. Yeah, yeah. So none of them are going to be easy games. Um, Maidenhead are, are way off quite a way off the playoff zone yeah. for them where Dagenham are you know three or four points outside the playoff so they'll have far more to play for mm. um, but I just think we've got it in this squad Mark to, to win both those games and 
you know, his tactics have been right in every game we've played. You know, even the old shot game away where we came back with a, you know, the three points after, you know, conceding a late goal against Oldershot in the 89th minute. We go on and win it in the 90 plus six with Derby with a superb header. And we've just got the players on, on the pitch and you can see them out there wanting to win the games, you know, and they love the atmosphere at the, at the race course last night. Great atmosphere there, you know. I thought Chesterfield fans were very quiet, but um, Wrexham fans were, were very loud and I'm sure they'll be great following away on, on Tuesday at Maidenhead. Well, I mean, you were saying about, you know, getting everything right and, and mentioning Dolby as well. I mean, I, I thought it was really interesting the way that they, uh, in a way, it's it's natural to take Tuesday's game and last Saturday's game as a pair. As you said, we, we sort of beat Dorking without necessarily getting out of second gear. And there was really mixed reaction to that. Some people were quite disappointed. Other people were saying, well, it's good to keep your powder dry for Tuesday. And then he picked the same team, which maybe caught a few people out. So Cannon kept his place. Dolby kept his place. They weren't being rotated in. They were being given their chance. And both of them in both matches, I mean, more than grasped that opportunity, didn't they? Oh, yeah. You know, if we're going to win this league, Mark, we, we need to rotate the players. And it's great that Sam Dolby and, and Cannon have had, you know, a lot more match time than they have had recently. And, and the, you know, Cannon stepped up well to the last couple of games. He's been awesome in midfield. And Dolby's been very, very good up as a striker. So, you know, we can't complain. He scored, what, four goals in six games, I think he's saying. Mm -hmm. So, uh, you know, he's adding to the, the goal tally. As long as we keep winning and we can rotate the team and, you know, players that are coming on the pitch as subs are as good as the players going off, then we shouldn't be worrying about a lot. But, yeah, uh, yeah. <coughs> The, the the end is in sight. Yeah, that's true. The um the uh, and as I know how they kept players fresh. I mean, both Cannon and Dolby starting their third league games of the season, which is quite striking, especially with Dolby because he's been so involved. But clearly that sorry, clearly that freshness is there, isn't it? And and he still has other areas of the squad he can explore. He's got players coming back from injury like O'Connell and Davis. So we see him in a very good position, don't we? Yeah, all we need now is, you know, a couple more O'Connor to come back. I don't know how long that's going to be. Um, and our other defender, uh, for the life of me, I can't think of his name right now. Hayden. But, uh, Hayden, yeah. Mm. You know, if we can get some, if he can come back within, you know, for the last month of the season, that'd be, that'd be ideal, you know? Yeah. yeah. And I, I thought our game in hand on um, County, our other game in hand, was the Oval game, which is later in April. But, mm. uh, I believe the county not playing next Tuesday. So it's I think it's a bit complicated. I think it's all about when games are getting rearranged because actually, ironically, I mean I've been thinking all along about next Tuesday is the point when we go level with games with them, which is true. We do. But the Tuesday after they're playing and we're not. So they're they'll not, all, yeah. they'll have a game extra again. So it's just when they when rearranged fixtures have, have happened to crop up, isn't it really? I say as long as we can keep that one step ahead of County now. Mm -hmm. Still, we've got that one game in hand. You know, we've got to win both when Saturday and Tuesday to stay in front of them. And they've got games, or they've got a game away, as you say, at Bromley on Saturday. Um, but ideally, come this time next week, we, we could hopefully be four points ahead of them. And as long as we can keep that gap going, you know, and keep ahead of them, the pressure will be on them to keep up with us. And then the big weekend will be the Easter weekend when we play Halifax away and then County at home and then on Bank Holiday Monday. And I think that'll be the, 
maybe the title decider. You know, the reason I'm El Gordo is because I'm I'm much more uh, I'm much more selfish and greedy than you because I want us to be seven points clear because I want, if they drop points up Bromley, then we can open up an even bigger gap, which I like oh, the yeah. sound of. So, but we all we can look at is our own our own fixes at the moment. You know, regardless of what county do, yeah. you know, and I'm sure Parky's telling that to the players. You know, concentrate on your own game. Don't worry about what county you're doing. As long as we keep winning, they can't catch us. Yeah, I, I was curious as well to see that after County lost, that their manager was gave an interview in which he was saying he was devastated. And he's he's going to have to try to pick himself up so we can help the team to prepare. Now, you know, you wonder sometimes why people say stuff, but yeah. uh, you know, it may not be true. It might just be an emotional reaction. But it felt like a very odd thing to put out there in public for his players to see. Um, I can't imagine when our long and beaten run ends that Parkinson will react like that. I'm sure he'll just be saying, "Well, okay, now we start another unbeaten run. It's just one game." Yeah, uh, yeah. It's like accepting his, his def- the defeat, really, that he's, you know, they're out of the title chase. That's how it would come across to me as a player if he said yeah. that to, you know, and to the fans, maybe. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I do I find that so odd. You know, OK, the next game but one is a home to Dorking, and they yeah. will massively fancy their chances of that. Um, but Dorking were a good team. They were a good footballing team, and, mm. and they've unfortunately slipped into the relegation zone as we speak. Yeah, yeah. I I, I mean I oh, I like talking a lot and I, and I think they've got the capabilities to surprise people. They did beat County earlier in the season, of course, but I was sort of thinking that you know if you're going to react like he did then, talk about being devastated and having to lift himself before he lifts the team. Well, if you're playing talking next, maybe fine. Maybe you don't have to do a lot of motivating, but you're playing Bromley away next. You know that's 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 not what I want to hear when I'm about to prepare for one of the most difficult physical tests and just in terms of football toughest tests of of the season on an artificial pitch something which I, I don't think really matters that much but it seems that some players do allow to get into their heads that's not you know I, I could be wrong they could go there and win five 0 but I'm I'm kind of hoping that they might have their wobble now and they can't afford to wobble the way we're playing. No, they, they can't. They can't slip up anymore. Otherwise, it will be race over, and you know Wrexham mm. could be champions come Easter, maybe even before Easter. Mm. Yeah, I, 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 I for a while hoped that that Easter Monday game we're all building up to would be more of a coronation than a, a crunch match. If I'm honest yeah. with you, the icing on top of the cake, on top of the cake, basically. Exactly, I'd, I'd love that. But um, you know, my my wife was saying to me. Uh, ooh, we've got Notts County still to play in a sort of more trepidatious tone and I was saying yeah, but for me that's a good thing they've got to come to our place where we're one yeah. point clear we could make it up to four without them being able to do anything about it and then we could make it up to seven simply by beating them at home I think that's a fantastic position to be in isn't it oh tits you know look back to last season when Stockport came to the race course in, in, in both the Cup and, mm. and in the league and we annihilated them in both games, you know. And mm. I think we raised our games for for both for both those games. And yeah. uh, we've got the quality of players who can do that all the time. Mm. 
Absolutely. Speaking of quality of players, I, I just have to mention another person who over these two games was astonishing. Elliot Lee, he can play football, can't he? Oh, you couldn't ask for better goals than what he scored. You know, the position he's hit them from, the curl on the ball, his position. It's a shame he didn't get that header as well. That would be nice. Mm. Luke Young had a headed goal last night. Uh, Ellie Lee hit the bar. Yeah. Mullin, Mullin had two normal goals he just scored, saved by the keeper. You know, I've been reading, you know, Chesterfield fans are a bit unhappy that they think, you know, they should have had at least a draw because they were, back, you know, good enough for a draw. And I think, well, we were watching the same game as we were watching, really. You had, you had two chances, really. Mm. Well, three, apart from Leighton's, you know, fantastic save. Um, I, I totally agree. I, I, I mean, don't get me wrong. I, I thought Chesterfield looked a good team, and it's bewildering they've not won in nine now because clearly they got quality and clearly they can turn up in a match like that. But <clears throat> um, they were second best, and I'm, I'm not trying to say that in a crowing manner. Just that yeah. I thought they, in patches, showed real promise and quality, but we showed that that quality consistently throughout the game you know the, the two chances you refer to in the first half were both the two times they managed to break through our press on the breakaway obviously that that's good football too but but you know they when they were getting us under pressure they weren't creating chances no i i thought we were terrifically much better than them although i thought they looked good too yeah, I mean, Leighton made that spectacular mm. save. I think the only other save that he did make was when he was hit straight at him and he went down and, and just picked it up off the floor. So, you know, yeah. they didn't offer an awful lot in front of goal for no. us where we were, you know, every time we went forward last night, you felt that we could score. Mm. Um, just our finishing was a bit off last night. Mullen would be disappointed he, he hasn't kept his continuous goal scoring at home. Mm. Um, but again, we'd be happy because, you know, Dolby and Lee scored, so uh, the team won. That's all that matters, I think, with this team. Absolutely right. And then, just to make it an even more perfect Sunday, uh, the women's team are now within a hair's breadth of winning their league and getting promoted to the top level of Welsh women's football. They went to Connors Key Nomads and, well, heck of a heck of a tussle. I mean, it is between the two of them. And a draw would have left us in a strong position to win the league. We went ahead, they equalised, and then we got two goals in extra time in, in injury time at the end of the match to to win it. It's just fantastic to see them coming through and to see the both the men's and the women's sides you know, thriving like this, isn't it? Yeah, considering the women, you know, the women's team's only been going what is this, this a third season now. Well, I think, strictly speaking, in its current iteration, it's a second season. Second season. So, you know, to win the, I mean, yes, you know, we've brought some players in, but for, for them to, after two seasons of being together as a team, mm. you know, to, to win, an, they won the league last year as well, didn't they? Yeah, um, well, second last year, wasn't they? Second. And to win the league this season, you know, in two seasons. Mm. shows you the, the depth that they've got in their squad and the quality they've got in their squad as well. You know, as you said, we, we tried to get there to try and uh, do commentary on the game, but uh, mm. couldn't get there because of whatever issues, which would have been nice to, to be commentating mm. on the women's game. I know we did it at the race course and, and in lockdown, which was, you know, real eye-opener watching them playing at the race mm. course. When they, I think they played Northall Paul and they won like 6-0 or whatever, mm. but... Uh, 
yeah, it would be good to to cover the the women's game for a change as well. Well, absolutely. Well, let's deliver on that now, shall we then? Because uh, Bill Long and I were able to catch up with Steve Dale. This interview is recorded before that match, but we, we tried not to make reference to it. But uh, just to reiterate the team's position, they've now got two games left, away to Rill, and then at home again to Key Nomads. One point will mean that Key can only finish level with us. Oh, so I'm so sorry. That was trying to fend that off. Sorry about that. Um, one more point out of those two games will mean that Koneski can only finish level with us, and if they do, our goal difference is now over twenty goals better than theirs. So essentially, for Koneski to win the league now, we're going to have to draw at Rill and then lose by more than 10 goals at home to Connors Key. So that, that does look like, you know, it's uh, it's looking rather good, shall I say. So, Do we have plans to play that final game against Connors Key at the race course at all, or not? No? I don't think so, because they're concerned about the state of the pitch at the race course. So, they're, you know, they're working on it non-stop with the artificial lights, and yeah. I think that that's the issue, I think. Oh, it'd be lovely, wouldn't it? But they wouldn't want to jeopardise the the men's team's chances of going up. So, uh, yeah, at, at the moment, that's how it stands. But, uh, yeah, so let's have a listen to what Steve Dale, the nearly victorious women's manager, has to say. I'm Harry Lennon, and this is Dragon Heart. So for this episode of uh, Dragon Heart, we're joined with uh, by Steve Dale. Steve, thanks for joining us. Um, you may have heard the preview for the women's match that happened previously. We can't talk about that because we're recording this beforehand. But <laughs> congratulations or commiserations on the, <laughs> the game on Sunday. <laughs> um, Steve, tell us a little bit about yourself before we get started. Ah, thanks for having me. You know, it's really, really honoured to be here and obviously to share a little bit of uh, insight about the women's team with yourselves this afternoon. So, uh, so my name is Steve Dale. Um, so I've been Wrexham AFC Women's Manager for just over a year now. Um, I suppose going back, obviously every young boy's dream or girl's dream is to obviously be a footballer. Um, that didn't happen for me. Um, and then... I've sort of got to give my dad a lot of credit, really, in terms of steering me on the coaching pathway, really, because he was my uh, coach at a young age, and you know he was he was all right at it, to be fair, and uh, he sort of guided me along that sort of route, and yeah, so I've not looked back since, really. I've been involved, um, you know, at grassroots level, um, started volunteering at uh, Liverpool Ladies Girls Centre of Excellence just after I turned 18 uh, and then yeah it sort of went from there really I got offered a, a role within one of the age groups and then eventually worked my way across to Wrexham working with the boys centre of excellence and then with my day job the community trust foundation as well there was obviously girls and boys sessions that I got involved in and worked my way up through the the, the age groups there so I coached the under eights girls and the under 16 girls in the player performance centre and then Decided to go in as assistant manager a few years back, and sort of ended up taking the role as women's manager. So yeah, it's been a been an exciting pathway so far. Sounds it. I mean, it 
must be a really enjoyable job. Is it as stressful or as enjoyable as you'd imagined it to be? Or To be fair, when I first started, um, it was more the development side. So working with, the, obviously, the younger players and their, you know, my role was to play a part in their development to, to get them ready for reserve team football and, obviously, first team football beyond that. Um, really enjoyed that, you know, working with a variety of different age groups. Um, you know, you, you pick up a lot of experience and, you know, you learn a lot as a coach, really. Um, and then, yeah, so obviously taking the, the role in the, the with the women's team, yeah, it, you know, there's days where it can be quite stressful. <laughs> you know, you've got headaches to make in terms of selection. You know, you've got injuries ramping up. Do you need to go and sign someone? And then obviously the, the build-up to big games is obviously... You obviously have a couple of nights where you might think, you know, you might overthink things and yeah. a, few, a few sleepless nights, really. <laughs> so, no, but it's enjoyable, so. Yeah, I mean, I think it's bad enough being a fan, Mark, isn't it, uh, before a big game, but <laughs> what's what's that preparation like in the couple of days beforehand? For, you, for yourself, as much as anything, do you, you got any rituals or, or routines that you go through? Uh, we just try and sort of keep everything the same, really. We don't try and change too much, so uh, like a Thursday night is always an analysis night, so we always get the opportunity to look at the opposition from a, from a previous game, so obviously the players then are obviously prepped that way. Um the Friday, I tend to try and switch off as much as I can. Mm. Um, obviously, with the community trust job, you know, you're in schools and things like that during the day. You don't really have time to think about yeah. anything else. And then as soon as Friday night comes, coming into Saturday morning, that's when you obviously start to turn your attention more towards towards the games. And then, yeah, the, the ritual's sort of the same. You know, we always meet at the same time in terms of whether we're home or away. We make sure that everything's prepared, kit-wise and things like that. And, yeah, we go from there, really. Is it You, you mentioned the analysis on a Thursday. Is there a lot of footage available for the women's game or is that something that's developing more than, than actually being available at the moment? Yeah, so it's 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 one of those we, we tend to keep it to ourselves because we don't want to give too much away in terms yeah, of, of course. you know, giving the opposition the upper hand. So, obviously, every game that we play, uh, whether we're home or away, we, we take the camera with us. We film the game and then as staff we sit down and sort of analyse what went well, what needs improvement and obviously where we can sort of target the opposition and, and, and play to their weaknesses really. Something's just gone weird with my... Oh no, never mind, it's back. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I thought the sound had cut for a second then, sorry. I have to cut that out, Mark. Um... <laughs> Will do, sir. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm thrown now, Mark. You're going to have to go no. next because I, I have. <laughs> Did you get your coaching badges in the Welsh system, the English system? So I started in the English system. Yeah. So I'm originally from England, um, grew up in Warrington, not too far away though. So, you know, and, and then eventually obviously had the opportunity to, to move over to Wrexham. Um, obviously my, my partner lives here as well now. So, you know, we've got a family together and... We live in Bangor on D now, so yeah, we're very much part of the the Welsh family now. We've been here long <laughs> enough, so we uh, yeah we sort of adopted Welsh now, and yeah. So I started in 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 England, got my first two qualifications in England, and then moved across to the Welsh. Um, so currently uh, start my UEFA A license in April, so something to look forward to. Oh, I, I was asking because obviously the Welsh system has got a really good reputation. A lot of high-profile players, ex-players, have come across to do their coaching in the Welsh system because it's so well thought of. Yeah. And it also, I guess, 
gives you an opportunity to look as well at how the Welsh women's game is developing as well. It's still in its early stages in many ways, but it must be exciting to get that insight into something which is clearly going to explode. Absolutely, and you've only got to look at the obviously the Lionesses, you know, winning the Euros. So yes, it's a different nation, but you know, you've got to think, you know, the amount of girls now that are are interested in football. Mm. So you've only got to look at our soccer schools over the week, you know, we've we've had three days of soccer schools and there's more and more girls turning up each time. So, you know, it is a is something that's on the rise in Wales and obviously you're gonna to have to have to take inspiration from the way that England did it. You know, they obviously took took a lot of hard work to get where they are, but you know, they're reaping their awards now and I and I think the way that it's set up in Wales is, you know, the the set the success should start to follow over the next few years. A lot of people will go in to get their badges and they're probably thinking men's football. Um, I always think of that question to Phil Neville when he was the England manager, you know, do you think this will help you to get back into men's football? And the response quite rightly was, why do I have to? So, yeah. You know, the, um, I mean, I'm just thinking, is it an important message to to make clear to people, young people who are going through their, getting their coaching badges, that the women's game is a really important growth area and a fantastic thing to get involved in. Absolutely, and obviously with my ex- my sort of background working at Liverpool, obviously my sister had a decent career playing as well. Um, unfortunately, not playing at the moment, but could change if uh, she wants to come and help her brother out. Um, <laughs> you know, we've obviously I've I've grew up around it. Obviously, you know, my sister was miles better than me at football, and you know she made a decent sort of career out of it. And watching her week in week out playing at the standard that she did, you know, sort of. Yeah, working with boys and obviously females is is obviously different, but you know the the female game is growing, and you know there's no there's no shame in obviously taking that pathway. You know it's 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 on the up. You know there's a lot more um, sort of uh, publicity on the female game now, and you know it's they're, they're they're footballers at the end of the day, and it's you know making sure that you treat them as footballers, and yeah, I think. You know, I've really enjoyed working in the female game um, and, you know, I'm quite comfortable in doing it. You know, I still coach a little bit with, with uh, the, the male side as well. But, yeah, I think they, they take on a lot more information. You know, you can come across some some males that think, well, who are you? You've not yeah. played, you know, you don't know. You don't know what you're talking about. I know best. But, you know, it, it's great to work in the female section because they're so they're so engrossed in sort of the 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 development side and learning from it. So yeah, it's 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 an eye opener, but you know, really enjoyable as well. That doesn't surprise me at all, to be honest, with you. <laughs> because I think when I watch games on TV, men's games on TV, mm-hmm. the male pundits tend to be ex pros who've never then put their money where their mouth is and gone into coaching. Yeah. They don't have any coaching badges, <laughs> and they, they're seeing the old school football things about showing more effort and throwing another lad up front rather than yeah. looking at the game, and then. Generally, the female pundits tend to be coaches who've done their badges, mm-hmm. who probably have to fight through quite a lot of barriers to get to be a pundit in a men's game, and therefore are really analytical and really good. And I sort of feel that a bit, you know, men in the men's game, there's a lot of people, fans and people within the game, yeah. who just think, I know it all. 
I don't yeah. know, the old-fashioned ways work. Uh-huh. Whereas women's football's got a chance to be a bit more that that modern, sort of coaching, technocratic game in a way, yeah. isn't it? Well, you've got only got to look at someone like Emma Hayes, you know, yeah. her, her, her knowledge and her detail in, mm. during the games that she was covering, you know, in the Euros and things like that was, was phenomenal, yeah. really, you know, and... You know, very successful in what she does. You know, there's a couple of documentaries out there, and you know, I've had a little watch of him, and you know, to to see the amount of like sort of effort that she puts in, and the detail, and what her staff as well, they're all on the same page, and you know, they they do some incredible work there, and you can see why they're they're so successful, and especially Emma as well. You know, she's done really well um, with with her role as well. So it's you know, it's always exciting, and it's. You know, it's something that is going to obviously expand as well. More females will start to have that confidence to come into the to the coaching side, and you know, it's only a matter of time before one of them breaks down those barriers and you know gets a, a high profile job. So, yeah, it's it's all exciting for the female game at the moment. I must admit that she's, I think, the best pundit on television yeah. by a distance. Yeah, um, absolutely outstanding, and I I like the fact that. She tells me stuff that I really wouldn't notice because I feel like a lot of ex-international pros, the male mm-hmm. pundits, I'm too busy complaining about what they've not noticed. Yeah. Whereas she actually, you know, you feel like someone from in the game who talks about it well and actually tells you things you don't know, which is surely the role, I think. You know, it's yeah. brilliant that. Absolutely, but, yeah. But, definitely. I mean, it's, it's important to think coaching in the girls' game at the moment because, and I'm always careful how I put this, because it sounds wrong and it's, it's not meant to be, as it's still a growing sport, you need more players of a certain level to be developed, just to allow there to be more strong teams, and, and you know, so that you know, to give a stronger base to the game, if you will. Yeah, definitely, and obviously, had a little bit of a restructure in terms of the the FAW sort of leagues and things like that. They've done it down the male side as well, and you can see why they're doing it. You know, that the intent is there to mm. obviously make the leagues more competitive but you've only got to look at our league at the moment there's there's three teams in it that are obviously challenging at the top and then the rest are obviously making up the league and listen they're competitive mm. you know they do cause you problems but i think obviously the 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 overall aim is to obviously make the the, the league above mm. the most competitive because it's seen as the the highest sort of level to play at uh, in in the the women's game so it's important that we Obviously, we all learn from it and, and get it right because then, like you said, you know, the, the whole level, the whole league will be competitive and it'd mm-hmm. make for more entertainment, really. Um, you know, so there's, no, there's obviously no disrespect to anyone in the league that we play against, um, you know, but some clubs are on different parts of their journeys. So you've got the three teams that are competing at the top of the league that want to obviously progress and get in and then there's teams that are comfortable where they are so it's you know it is important that you get the balance right but you know you've it's obviously it's work in progress and it's something that will obviously develop as time goes on are there any like major tactical differences when you're coaching women compared to men or is that something that's just is it quite similar really i think it's the same i thought obviously you've you've only got a the only thing that's different is obviously the physical capabilities um so, yeah, tactically, there's obviously there's a great pathway in terms of obviously the younger girls moving up our uh, performance centre and then obviously the, when they get to regionals in terms of the Welsh system as well. So they get the same sort of detail and they get the same sort of messages. Um, yeah, it's just a, obviously the differences between the physical side at the moment. But, 
you know, you you've you only got to walk, come and watch a couple of games, and you can obviously identify who who are the standout players and what they bring to the team. So yeah, it's it's something that has improved a lot over the last few years. Um, but yeah, I wouldn't say there was any tactical differences. You can still talk to them as if you were talking to a male player. I think. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, my sort of limited knowledge of other sports, but you look at like the UFC or boxing with Katie Taylor, and when the women get that platform up, Ronda Rousey's another example, then it does allow for, for more funding opportunities for other women within those sports to then go and, and train professionally or whatever. Mm-hmm. Does uh, the women's team becoming semi-pro make it a, a huge difference? I think so, yeah. I think, obviously, with with that obviously statement coming out the other week, it's it's another signal of intent of where we want to be as a club. You know, so... Rob and Ryan, you've got to take the hats off to the pair of them. They've not just focused on the, the obviously the men, uh, the men's side. You know they've put a lot of time and effort thinking about the female side. So, you know, giving the 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 female side the same sort of treatment as what the men are getting, it's it's only going to obviously benefit and make for good viewing in terms of the pl- sort of plays you can sort of attract um, as well. So yeah, it's it's all exciting at the moment, and I think it's the it's a step in the right direction and you know I think when that statement went out there was a couple of clubs that have obviously made comments on it in terms of uh, you know high profile ones you know we had a couple of tweets from Stoke City ladies fans saying come on you should be following suit Wrexham haven't been going as long <laughs> as we have and things like that and you know it's 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 going to it's going to improve the game for the better really yeah definitely I mean I, I I am quite ashamed myself at how little I know about women's football, and but it's it's I think for for me it's nice seeing um, you know my my younger nephews and my stepdaughter are going to get that opportunity to be exposed to women's football on the likes of the BBC or with, with what you know the coverage that Rexma get getting, and hopefully when they grow up, it's just going to be football. It's not going to matter that it's the men's and the women's game. It's going to be more like tennis and mm-hmm. and some of the combat sports where it's just fighting or it's just tennis, it's just football and people don't really care as much that it's men or women as long as you can get down to the race course and go and watch it, really. Um, speaking of which, you had an, were you, you were involved in the game, the women's game that was at the race course, weren't you? How was that? Yeah, that was, that was pretty special, really, the whole sort of day and the build-up to that game. Uh, we played a pre-season friendly there against Northup Hall. Um, they actually, you know filmed the game, had commentary on it. So we were treated like professional footballers on that day. And, yeah, it's it was sort of a reward for for all the hard work that goes in behind the scenes as well. And, you know, to have that opportunity to play at the race course in front of 250 fans is something that, obviously, you're, you're never going to forget. And, you know, it, it's growing a lot more. And, you know, that opportunity to be at the race course is, is going to happen again. Um, we've just obviously got to be patient with that, um, but yeah, we you know the next opportunity we get, you know, it, it could have a good attendance at it again, and you know it just makes for makes makes sense really, and yeah, it's good to showcase the women's team. I think the clamour for the men's tickets will will spill into the women's game as well. I think there's so <laughs> many people who like to just get be at the race course at the moment that they'll take anything. I think they'd have a, a team of 
11 Rex the Dragons versus another <laughs> another team of mascots and people would show up at the moment. I mean, as the, the attendance has been growing at the, the women's games recently. Yeah, I think, you know, we've only got to look at over the season, you know, even, you know, you've got to give people credit because you go away to some places up the coast and then you see five, six, seven, eight wow. Wrexham shirts start to show up and, you know, the, the girls love it and they appreciate, you know, obviously people coming to watch them and, um, you know, we obviously spend a little bit of time with those guys after the game, thanking them, you know. Again, they bring their daughters along to watch mm. and, you know, again, the girls get the opportunity to meet the players and things like that. So at home as well, we've had some real good, you know, turnouts and, you know, we, we just hope that that's going to continue and, you know, especially coming into these last three games of the season, um, you know, it could spur us on and, and give us that little boost that we're going to need as well at times. It's um it's a lovely atmosphere at the home games as well, not just in terms of going to watch the football, but like you said, mm-hmm. you see so many young girls who clearly are looking at the players as their role models. And in fact, I mean, okay, it's corny saying you know Rosie's quite good at football, but I did notice in the second half because I was up on the bank uh, in the last home game. That the number of kids uh, who just got a little bit more excited when she was on the ball by there, and you mm-hmm. can just see it's them. They want to be her. You oh, know? Yeah, it was fantastic, and and that's a nice thing to see, isn't it? To see the young girls who I'm sure some of them are already in our system, but yeah. the young girls who want to be in our system are there and, and developing that love of the game. Absolutely, and you know we've we've touched on it a lot about the increase and obviously the the growth of the female game, and yeah, it's great to see. You know, obviously. The, the atmosphere after a game is brilliant, you know. It takes them 15, 20 minutes to get into the changing room, so you can't really have your team talk. But listen, I, you know, I haven't got an issue with that. You know, there's no there's no real issues from that as a staff. You know, you just stand there and sort of admire it and take it in. And it's great to see so many people obviously being inspired by, by our generation. And like you said, they are role models and they are embracing that. And, you know, it's only going to get bigger for them. So... It, Really important that they obviously get used to it, and uh, yeah, it's it's great to see, and you know we love it. You know, it's it's really really enjoyable to watch. I gotta say as well that the, the banks is just a nice place to watch football when it's not freezing cold, but it was just a lot of the time I admit because that it's got that natural because of the bank, funnily yeah. enough, on one side, <laughs> it, it it is like a stand. It's lovely, and you get a great view of the game, whereas an awful lot of grounds at that level are just flat and. Get up near the pitch, fine, but you can't get that hell of easy view. So it's a it's a great place to go to watch football. Absolutely, yeah, and you know, like we said, it's it's been great to see so many people coming down and watching, and obviously social media blows up as well after a yeah. game as well. So many people tweeting that they've come to watch the game, pictures with the players and things like that. So yeah, it does it does obviously make for good viewing, um, especially when things are going well on the pitch as well. So. You know, we, we enjoy being there. Um, you know, we've we've had a good, really good record there. Similar to when we moved last season, we went to, to Brumbro Crick. You know, we, we were a little bit, ooh, you know, we're moving away from a 3G. Are we going to be all right? You know, we, we, we pretty much went unbeaten there in the league and, you know, it came a bit of a fortress. Yeah. And, yeah, we enjoyed playing there as well. So, yeah, it doesn't really matter where we've played this season. We've sort of just adapted to it and... And just sort of rolled our sleeves up, and you've got to give the players a lot of credit for that, for the success that they've brought so far. It's a shame, in a way, that you know, if we are able to go up, obviously we'll need to satisfy ground regulations yeah. for the top level, um, which is sort of a shame because I, I've been itching to bring this up. 
one of the possibilities, of course, would be European football at some point returning to Wrexham. It's just a shame we wouldn't be able to bring Leon probably to Roos. No, I'm sure no. they'd love it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, and it obviously plays, of... yeah, plays into our hands then, doesn't it? Oh, yeah, 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 they yeah, wouldn't. Yeah, they wouldn't. They wouldn't be able to play the football they do on their carpet. So, no, it's you know it's one of them, and you know we've just got to be grateful to oh. to the likes of Brumbo and the likes of. Uh, Roast for giving us that that opportunity to play at those grounds, and yeah, it's you know it's something that when you do move up a league, it's the criteria is important, and you have to meet that because the publicity side of it, you know, you have to have uh, gantries, you have to have commentary on the games, uh, possibility of having your games filmed. So yeah, it's you know it's you can't really settle anywhere, but you know it's 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 for the better of the game. But you know we've. We've appreciated both clubs have, have given us the opportunity to play where we have. And, you know, like, you know, you've only got to look at the results and it shows that we have adapted to it. And, you know, we've we've been quite successful where we've played. And, and doing that, being in Rose, being in Brumble, fits in with your other part of your job, the community outreach, which, as we know, Rob and Ryan see as massively important. So it all fits in. I was sort of trying to suggest that and dragging that this week of, you know, the football club is, Wrexham is not just a city, it's a county. Yeah. And so the women's team are brilliant ambassadors in taking the club to Rose, taking the club to Brumble. That's a, that's a genuinely important thing, isn't it? Absolutely. And, you know, we were, we were very grateful, really, you know, over the Christmas period our women's players were asked to go along with men's first team uh, players to events in and around the local community, like Christmas light switch ons and things like that. So, you know, to have the likes of Kim Dutton alongside mm. Luke Young, and then you've got your Rosie Hughes alongside another yeah. men's player, it, it, it gets them out there as well. And, you know, you've got to give the lads credit. They were brilliant with the girls as well, you know really, you know, ask a lot of questions. You know, you've only got to be around the, the place on a Monday and the assistant manager, the goalkeeper coach, the manager, how'd you get on Sunday? Oh, great result, you know. So they're, they're obviously, you know, rooting for us as well, as much as we're rooting for them. So it's great to be a part of the club and we feel, you know, like we are. So it's great. And then the plan is to go up. Mm-hmm. The, the stated plan of Rob and Ryan is to be the strongest team in Welsh football. That's an ambitious plan, but it's always great to be ambitious. And so, uh, yeah, we yeah. see how, how we can take this, really. And, you know. Absolutely. Um, so, you know, there's a lot of work that goes on uh, behind the scenes as well. And not, it's not just the stuff on the pitch as well, it's off the pitch. Um, you know, you've got to obviously meet criteria, so Gemma Rowan is the the one who obviously has to do the dreaded paperwork for all that side <laughs> of it and, you know, credit to us, you know, she's she's got us the licences for, for each year mm. and, you know, she's going through it at the moment for, for a tier one licence and there is a hell of a lot of work to do to to meet the standards. So, yeah, the the plan is obviously to, to win promotion, be comfortable in, in the, the tier above and then... From there, we start to build a squad that's obviously going to compete higher up at the higher end of the table, and then the ultimate goal is obviously Champions League football. You know, bringing that to the race course would be be unbelievable, wouldn't it? So yeah, why not dream big? Why not have a plan and you know ambition to to be the best we can? And you know, it's going to be some journey, and you know, it's something that the players and the staff have got a relish. Incredible thoughts, isn't it? Yeah, you know, it is so exciting. Yeah, it's it's <laughs> you know you, you would never have obviously dreamed of it 
obviously if you look at the English system, the, the female side of that, they have to work their way up some divisions. You know, we are obviously one division away of having the opportunity to play at that level. And, you know, we've obviously got a lot of work to do to get to that standard. And obviously it's something that we're going to we're gonna work really hard to achieve. And, yeah, it's it's exciting. And, you know, it's, it'd be unbelievable to hear that anthem walking out <laughs> yeah. at the race course. And, yeah. you know, it'd make the, yeah. the hairs on the back of your neck stand up. And, yeah, it's something that we're, we're looking forward to. In front of a packed double-decker cop. Exactly. Oh, yeah, oh, it's the dream, isn't it? Yeah, it's the yeah. dream, <laughs> definitely. Yeah, no, it'd be, be really exciting that. Yeah, we look forward to it. That'd be fantastic, wouldn't it? Yeah, I think a return of European football to the race course is something that, you know, if if the women's team can bring that, I think you, you'd get a packed race course for that, definitely. <laughs> Especially if you're playing the, the likes of Lyon or yeah. Man City or, you know, some of the other... <laughs> any, any anyone from Europe I think if you had the Hadrick split ladies if they came yeah. if, they, if they've got a team that would be a big <laughs> fixture so fair play and you know there's also that possibility that, that a player from Wrexham could end up playing for the Wales team way down the line isn't there you know that, yeah. that's that's something that it'd be great if it happened in the men's but wow imagine people from who play for Wrexham who maybe even are from Wrexham getting into the, the Wales team Absolutely, yes. And obviously it makes sense, you know, we're developing Welsh players, obviously in our own system, with the aim to obviously compete in our first team. Um, but yeah, if, if they get that opportunity, it'd be it'd be fantastic. You know, we've got Lily Jones at the moment, who's a under-19s player and who is pretty much one of the first names on the team sheet in the first team as well at 17 years of age. is right. quite remarkable, really. And she's had a really good pathway in terms of representing her national team. Uh, she's very regular in terms of the the camps uh, with the under-19s. And that's obviously her next goal is to obviously step up and make the cut with, with Wales. And, you know, if it is a, if it has a, is at Wrexham, then that's something that we're going to be really proud of. And, you know, why why not? Why can't it be a, a player from Wrexham representing Re- uh, Wales? So, Absolutely. yeah, it's exciting. And that's another sort of element of just like the, the makeup of the squad. You've got players like um, Katie Sharp, who's, I think I'm right in saying, started off just as a, a kid at the fun football sessions and mm-hmm. has then come through to the point where, well, now she's the, well, I'm not going to be thanked for saying this, the elder stateswoman and a talented but very young defence. It's, yeah. it's lovely to see that sort of thing going on mm-hmm. where somebody gets to represent and be one of our own in the team absolutely yeah and you know it was <laughs> quite interesting Katie had a friend over from Australia who started playing with Katie at a young age and you know she she trained with us for a couple of weeks while before she moved back out to Australia and you know they, they were having a chat they were like we didn't ne- we never got this when we were at this age you know if we'd have had it at our age you know where where could we be now and mm-hmm. so it's great that we can obviously provide that and you know Katie you've got to give her credit she's been one of the most consistent players this season and had a really good year and you know it's 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 been good to see her obviously develop and take on board what we've been asking her to do and like I say, she's you know been very very consistent this year in her performances, and you know been one of the standout players. And I used to teach Kim Dutton, so you can say thank you now because <laughs> all those great qualities she's got, it's all down to me. You know, yeah. obviously <laughs> she took one look at me and thought I'll be the opposite of him. I'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's you know it's great. Kim, obviously local girl, yeah, you yeah. know, leads for the club. She you know goes and watches the the men's team week in week out as well goes to away games you know she's been 
she's been in the younger age groups as well. She's worked her way up. You know, I, funny enough, I coached Kim at the under-16s. Yeah. You know, in our first season together, we ended up winning the league that year. And, you know, it's great to see, obviously, the young local talent coming through. And, you know, for someone so uh, young... She's been a really good captain. Yeah, you know, she, yeah. you've got you know you got to look at it. She is only twenty one, and you forget that sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, she's not your typical screamer and shouter, but she's really good within the group. You know, she settles people down, and you know she's she's a good captain. You know, to have around the place. So yeah, it's it's great that we've got the the, the local talent coming through as well. I, I know this is an absurd comparison that you're both far too young to remember and probably no one alive can remember now, so I don't know why I'm going to say it, but, <laughs> say it. but her captaincy style is very much like when I was a kid and Nottingham Forest win the champion, well, the European Cup twice, and their captain, John McGovern, that's what they always used to say about him, yeah. that he was just, he wasn't a, a big screamer on the pitch, but he always led by example. He was that sort of brilliant professional. And on the pitch, he was always very tidy and, and, and did a lot of the things that some people don't notice, but which yeah. if you don't have it, you fail. And I, I feel Kim's a lot like that as a current personality, but also as a player. Yeah. And, and like you were saying about tactics before, uh-huh. she reads that game well. She she's does, she's yeah. filling those little gaps of being going forward and mm-hmm. just, just aware of where the points of danger are when we got the ball. And she's reading it all and she's... And then tidy with the ball, keeping it moving. Yeah, you know, there's some yeah. you know. No, very, very effective. You know, it's just very simple. Get mm. it, give it. You know, and obviously, it, it's great to have in your team. You know, and like you said, you know, she's not one that's going to go around and you know get people going in terms of screaming at them. She knows how to get the best out of people, and you know, it's great to see for someone at a young age. And you know, she's. She leads by example. She's obviously coming into the coaching route as well. Um, she's working with our under-10s at the Performance Centre. So it's great to see the girls having your, your club captain yeah. coaching you. You yeah. know, there's obviously a pathway there and, you know, we believe in that pathway. You've only got to look at how many under-19s have represented the first team over the last two years. And, you know, they've kicked on and made themselves regular starters within the within the group. So... It's something that we're very proud of and will continue to do. And as you say, there's different ways to get the best out of people. She's, when they see her serious professionalism, you know that she's setting a standard she's expecting others to achieve and they don't want to let her down. I think that's a, a brilliant quality in a leader. I, mm-hmm. Yeah, no, absolutely agree with what you've just said there. And, you know, different people react in different ways but you know obviously you, you can see her she she does calm people down you know she's quite mature for her age and quite sensible and yeah it's great to have her and you know we've we've got a lot of good players you know lots of different players that can do different things within the team but yeah you need people in there that are going to obviously set standards and make sure that things are, are doing right you know us as staff expect high standards and you know sometimes you've got to pass that responsibility on to your players to sort of make sure that that's happening in the dressing room as well and you know Kim Kim obviously is outstanding at doing that I must admit whenever I mentioned John McGovern I thought who I was comparing it to and we were offered the chance to have our show's bumps, and this is a very much an Uncle Griff's bedtime story. <laughs> so fasten your seatbelt. I hope you brought a pillow. Um, <laughs> when I was a kid, uh, my our school team played in a five-a-side game uh, tournament. I think it was in Colwyn Bay. It was somewhere up the coast. I can't remember the games at all, 
because I was so astonished by how posh the interior of the deputy head's car was. He drove us all up there. He said, walnut interior, and it was astonishing. But um, we won the tournament. My dad came up to watch. And my dad, when it ended, my dad's like, oh, well, we'll go home now. And I, I, I just had this feeling in the back of my head. I wanted to stay, but there was no reason. And I said, oh, fair enough. So we went. Yeah. The next day, I go into school, and all, all the rest of them were like, Griff, 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 you... Why didn't you stay? And I said, why not? I said, John McGovern, who at the time was the captain of Forest, the European champions, oh. for some reason turned up in Colwyn Bay. <laughs> uh, I don't know what, and gave out the medals. Very random. Uh, I, massively <laughs> random. I was like, Dad, so what the heck? <laughs> the current captain of the European champions yeah. gave out the medals, <laughs> and you took us home for fish fingers. Yeah. What the heck? Uh, I was heartbroken. Nightmare. Oh, yeah. that's very well. Okay. <laughs> well, hopefully we'll have a, a current captain from the women's team handing out Yes. Medals, who is a European champion in a couple yeah. of years' oh, no, time. Yeah, it's a dream, <laughs> isn't it? Definitely, yeah. Well, Steve, it was an absolute pleasure speaking to you. Thanks very much uh, for coming. And uh, after this, we'll be talking about something else. So, Steve Dale, lovely bloke, and we'll have to have one again, uh, hopefully with his winner's medal to show off to us but yeah sparkling week for Wrexham the men's team two huge wins Notts County drop points and then the women's team so close now after winning such a massive away match to to claiming the title it's a good time to be a Wrexham fan Neil it certainly is you know with I still keep pinching myself to think is this real you know because of of where we are now you know mm. I mean, Last season was a good season, Mark, but uh, I think this season is going to be a great season. I, th- I think you know all the fans out there have the same feeling. You know that this, this hopefully is our, our year. And you've got your Kings of Leon tattoo ready as well, haven't you? Oh, of course, yes, yeah, right across my back. <laughs> Fantastic, brilliant. Well, Neil, it's always a pleasure to speak to you uh, and to sneeze at you as well, which I've managed to do successfully today. But uh, yeah. Great stuff, and let's hope Wrexham can maintain this momentum. And when we speak next week, we're reflecting on yeah, a, an even better situation. So, I'm Mark Griffiths. He's Neil Williams. This is Dragonheart. I'm Aaron Hayden, and this is Dragonheart. 